Okay, with a federal election looming, of course, in October, just uh, how democratic, just how competitive is the nomination process for each of the major parties? Well, not really a, a lot, according to a brand new report from the Samara Center for Democracy, which describes the nomination process as, quote, a weak point in our democratic infrastructure. And here to discuss further is author and broadcaster Michael Korn. He joins us on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mr. Korn, how are you today, sir? I am very well, thank you. Good, good. Uh, listen, uh, this uh, report is entitled Party Favors, How Federal Election Candidates uh, Are Chosen. They looked at more than 6,600 candidates, Michael, who ran to represent one of Canada's five major political parties during the last five federal elections and they found that just 17, 17% of those candidates uh, competed, actually competed in nomination races. Uh, is that a concern? It's a huge concern. I, I mean, we should think of democracy as a sort of pyramid. At the very top, the prime minister, and then you have you know, parliament, cabinet, and so on. But at the bottom, no disrespect, MPs, backbenchers, if you like. But it doesn't begin there. It begins with the people who nominate them and vote for them. That's us. Now, we do it at one level when it comes to an election. But then we have a choice of effectively two or three people to choose from. So it has to be the nomination process. We just had a big campaign. I live in the West End of Toronto for the NDP candidate who could certainly win this writing. There was a huge number of people involved. But that's not the norm. What has happened, and this has got worse, by the way. This has got worse in the past 30 years. I think it started really under Brown Mulroney, got worse under Chrétien, is that people are effectively nominated. Uh, there can be a protest, but if a prime minister and a prime minister's office, that's very important, or a premier's office, if they say, we want a particular candidate to be selected or elected here, that tends to happen. Also, from a negative point of view, there are certain people who are told, we don't want you. There are names that have simply not been disappeared, but they're told they won't be allowed to run. The party doesn't want it. It's not confined to Canada. We see this in the UK, in parts of Northern Europe. Of course, in the United States, money is often an issue, you've got to be a millionaire to even run. But it's not just the one or two parties either, and it's affecting all of the major parties. And here's something else. When the, when the Green Party was smaller, of course, there wasn't much competition. Why do you want to run for the Green Party? You're not going to win. Suddenly, as parties have more of a chance of winning and people have more of a chance of going to Ottawa, you see more intervention from the centre. There's a fear of people becoming candidates who might say the wrong thing. There's more control of what people say, more than ever. So it's, there's this, this sort of culture of paranoia has developed, but it's fundamentally anti-democratic. A party, it's not a way to achieve power. It's meant to be a conduit for ordinary people to join, if they have a certain view, and try to influence who becomes their representative in Ottawa. Yeah, and certainly in this day and age when we talk about uh, inclusion and making sure that uh, politics is uh, representative of us all, uh, one of the ways to do that, uh, one would think, is to uh, make sure that there is a free and open uh, nomination process uh, for all uh, political parties. Uh, those that want to become, uh, you know, we talk about this all the time, that if you, you don't like the system, you want to change it, get involved, uh, take that uh, passion and do something with it. Yet this report says that more than 70% of uh, nominations are just a... Uh, one person run. Well, it's true, but it's a very good point you make here because there is another factor, and that is the the, uh, the the need, if you like, or the perceived need, and I think it's probably genuine, to have Parliament representing and reflecting people more than it has in the past. And there are certain groups in society, and traditionally that's included women, who are not well represented in Parliament. Now, what you've seen in the Liberal Party, but not only in the Liberal Party, is an attempt to have more minority voices. 
uh, more women. And so there has been, well, I won't say a dictat, but there's been an uh, influence above to say we want this number of women to be standing. We, we want uh, an area to represent its community more. Now, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think in many ways that's a good thing, but the, the negative side of it is that people don't have such a freedom to vote on who they want to be their candidate. I mean, in an ideal world, it should be someone who has done community service, who's built up a reputation because they've, I don't know, whether they've been a local doctor or a local crossing guard, they have to trust the people. So they say, I want to be your MP. We'd like you. We, we vote Liberal, we vote Tory, we're NDP. We'd like you to be the person. But that isn't the case. And not, look, we're not helped by the fact that in the Senate, in the Senate, there are people who, and I would never dream of naming names because I don't want to be sued, but there are people who seem to be there because of wealth, because of contacts, because of desperation, because maybe who else can we name? We want to represent a certain group, and there's only one or two people available. So when you see that chamber unelected and, and the way that's assembled, that looks bad. But certainly when it comes to the House of Commons, it should be far more, not just democratic, but egalitarian. It's meant to be the people speaking, not a few dozen people of influence speaking. Yeah, and I'm wondering what this uh, this report that says that uh, essentially three-quarters of all nomination uh, races uh, aren't that. They aren't contests. Again, just uh, one person uh, runs. Uh, what does that uh, say to you, Michael, when it comes to uh, people uh, getting involved and being uh, feeling like they're a part of the uh, political system and the uh, decisions and uh, the choices that are being made? Because it seems as if three-quarters of these races aren't even a race, it's just somebody essentially de facto being nominated, that uh, people feel as if uh, there is no chance, uh, that there is no hope, and they're just not even going to bother running. Well, some of them, I mean, just, I mean the, figures, the figures are accurate, but do remember, there are some where the, the person who's been an MP for a long time, they're so respected and liked that no one else is going to run because there'd be no point. There is that. But that's only some of them. Most of them, uh, I think it, uh, it doesn't serve the purpose at all. It, it, it's very harmful. The, the, the biggest threat to democracy is not a party with an awful opinion. The biggest threat to democracy is public indifference. And we saw this in France a few years ago when the voting turnout, the country of the revolution, you know, votes for all. People just didn't care anymore. They only started to care when there was a chance for a fascist party coming, coming to power. But democracy and indifference simply cannot coexist. If we don't care, if we don't vote, then it all falls apart. And there is a danger of people beginning not to care because they say, well, what does it matter? The same people are there, whatever happens. You know, the, the, the backbench MP used to have influence. Uh, that changed very much under, under Pierre Trudeau. Uh, a backbench MP has very little influence at all. Even a cabinet member, as we've seen fairly recently, has limited influence. So I, I just wonder how much people care anymore about who their MP is. And again, that, that has very, very worrying consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess the question moving forward then is uh, what, if anything, can be done? Uh, what can we do to, to make this better? Should we uh, push for more uh, transparency? Because I, I think a lot of these uh, nomination uh, races, uh, they seem to happen uh, under the cloak of darkness, if you will. It's, uh, you know, amongst party members and, uh, you know, the rules seem murky, I think, to the average person. You've got to have so many uh, card-carrying uh, conservative or liberal uh, members back you. And it just, uh, I don't know, bringing it out into the light, would that make it better? Yeah, it would. Also, and I mean, it's a fairly radical thing to say, and I do realize there are MPs who've served for 30, 40 years and done wonderful work, but I'm not sure if that's what democracy was supposed to be about. I would say that you should be there for two, at the most, um, three parliaments, and then you have to move on. 
I mean, it's not meant to be a job. It's, it's meant to be a, uh, a position where you represent people. We need new blood, younger blood, different blood. People have different experiences. Um, it's too much of a career at the moment. And then people will say, well, you know, if, if you, you won't have the best people going for the job. Yes, you will. The best people, the very best people still will for the job. So we need that. Um, I think the party system has to change radically. And part of that will be changing the electoral system, proportional representation. If you do that, there'll be more parties running. There'll be more chance of, of other nominations. Um, you, you know what it's like. In a, in a large part of Canada, in most writings, it's not winning the election. It's winning the party nomination. Um, if you, uh, it, can be a, it can be such a safe conservative writing, for example, you're going to win the election. It's whether you get the nomination. And the same applies to the other parties, particularly the Liberals. Uh, okay, but, but you believe, sorry to interrupt, that term limits would make the biggest and most immediate difference here that uh, we would see then a regular turnover of uh, personnel? I think it's one of several factors, but I, it's the most radical one because you can imagine how MPs would react. They would go crazy. But I, I honestly believe parliamentary democracy was not meant to be a system where someone has a job for their entire life. I think it's meant to be a, a system where someone represents the people of that riding for between 10 and 15 years, and then we move on. All right, got to leave it there for now. Michael Korn with us this afternoon. Mr. Korn, a pleasure as always. We'll talk soon. Thank you, my friend.